Well, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Man, good to have you. Merry, happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm not sure what we do with that, but whatever that is. Yeah, glad y'all are here. Hey, we've spent the last several weeks just kind of tearing up this guy named Samson's life. We've put him under the microscope. We've looked at him over the last three weeks. Finishing that up today, I don't know about you, but I'm ready for Samson to be gone because he's, he's, he's hurting me. Man, there's so much in his life I see in my life that I need to change. Um, we, we started this whole thing out with the lean. I don't know if you remember week one, lean talked, uh, Lynn talked about how we lean on our own capacity and not on God. Um, second week we came in, talked about um, just different things in our life that need to change, maybe some pride issues. We talked about traps last week. Um, today we're gonna look at another area of Samson's life and, and it's something I feel like we all deal with um, to some extent in our life. Uh, but before we do this, let, let me kind of just get this set for you. Um, think right now, what is the one thing that just irritates you? Maybe it's multiple things. Maybe this is an easy exercise for some of you because you walked in here just ticked off. Um, what is the one thing that just makes you mad? The, the one thing that, man, maybe it's a person, maybe they're sitting by you, don't tell them that, but maybe they're in close proximity to you. One thing that just irritates you. To, and I don't mean like where you're just angry, where you're like, oh, but I mean like where you just like kick the dog, hit somebody with your car, just mad, like angry, angry. Get, get, that, get that kind of working in your, in your head real fast. Maybe it's a person, get that person's face kind of in, in, your, in your head. Um, good, glad you're there. That's what we're gonna deal with today, anger. Some of us, man, we, we struggle with anger. We don't know how to, to deal with things when we get angry. Um, I'm not a good angry person. I don't get mad that much. So I, like, it takes a lot to get me angry. So I really struggle with when I finally do get angry, how to do that in a way that, that's godly. Uh, we're gonna look at Samson this morning and, and we're just gonna, the last characteristic, the last thing we wanna see out of his life um, and the, the last kind of, maybe the syndrome that, that we don't wanna fall into is we don't wanna handle anger the way that he did because definitely didn't turn out well for him. So if we could take this emotion that's gonna be a part of our life, because I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more things I realize that I should be angry about. Um, when I was young, I, I wondered why old people were always so angry. Uh, and now that I'm getting older, I get it. It's largely because of young people. <laughs> but the older I get, the more I realize that this world just continually throws things out there that you should be upset about. This world constantly is putting something in front of us that we don't agree with. This world is constantly just hitting us with things that should make us angry. So let me just start with this. There are some things that are going on in and around us right now that you should be mad at. There's also some things going on that we're upset about that we probably shouldn't be. And just before we dive into Samson's story here, um, preparing this this week, I've sat back and I've looked at the things that made me mad, and it was ridiculous. Um, some of the things I got upset about this week. Uh, one of the kids changed our TiVo from wrestling to something else. Um, so I usually record wrestling on Mondays, Thursdays, Wednesdays, Saturday, and Friday. Um, and I don't have problems. Um, but they, they changed my Monday night wrestling to some really, just a horrible cartoon. It wasn't even a good cartoon ticked off about that, made me mad, was going through the house. Who did this? Wanted to know. Um, we get upset about some of the most ridiculous things. My, my, my question for us today is this, as we dive through Samson's life, so if, man, if you got your Bibles, go to Judges 14. Should be easy to find because we've been there for a month. Um, start on the left, work just a couple books to your right. Um, Judges chapter 14. 
I feel like, let me just ask this, whatever it is, maybe that face, whatever that situation was that makes you angry, are you mad in that moment because you're not right or because of righteousness? When you get angry, is it because your rights have been violated? Somebody has come in and you are not right and it just makes you mad. Are you angry about righteousness? Look in verse 10. Can, can I just say this? Righteousness is going to point um, to what is right and not how you're wrong. Look, look in Judges 14.10, and let, let's read through Samson's story real fast. It says, now, now his father went down to see the woman, and Samson made a feast there as was customary for bridegrooms. When he appeared... He was given 30 companions. So just set this up. And most of us, we probably already know this. Samson has fallen in love with a Philistine woman. His parents haven't met her yet. Um, getting married, they're going to have a feast of seven days. So Samson's dad thinks it would be a good idea to go and meet his future daughter-in-law. Say, logical. I haven't met the girl. She's going to marry my son. I should probably go check her out. Um, in doing that, there's a feast that goes on the last seven days. Uh, Samson doesn't know a whole lot of the Philistines. He spent more time there than he has with the Israelites. But for some reason, the, the Philistines give Samson 30 new BFFs. So Samson's life has just been increased by 30 new best friends. Um, 30 people have been thrown into his life. Dad going down to meet the wife. Um, sounds like a horrible, horrible start to your day. Um, verse 12. This is Samson. He says, let me tell you a riddle, Samson said to them. If you can give me the answer within seven days of the feast, I will give you 30 lemon garments and 30 sets of clothes. If you can't tell me the answer, you must give me 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. Tell us your riddle, they said. Let's hear it. He replied, out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. So get, get this kind of playing through in your head. You've got this dude, Samson. He's gone down into the land of Philistines. He's, he's getting married, seven-day feast. Dad comes in to see it. He just got 30 new best friends. And in Samson's mind, he's using most likely his, um, his reputation. He's using most likely his physique, possibly, because I don't know about you, but if somebody that I know could beat me up comes to me with a riddle and they're like, hey, Tim, what do you think about this? I'm probably going to go, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm going to agree with them because I don't like getting beat up. It's just, it's how we're made. You've got 30 guys now that have been thrown into Samson's life, and Samson's like, hey, I'm going to give you guys a riddle. At the end of the feast, if you can't answer it, you're all going to give me a new set of clothes. And this wasn't just like, you know, hey, go to Savers and get, you know, like whatever's cheapest. This is like, I'm going to be pimped out, and I'm going to look good. You're fitting to get me like, pow, slam, and I'm going to walk in, and it's going to be like hitting. I'm going to be on. It's going to look great. And Samson's like, you don't get the riddle right. Each one of you, all 30 of you, is giving me something in return. And I'm going to get this, and I'm going to look good for the next month. But if you get the riddle right, then I'm going to give you each one brand new set of clothes. Nice Armani pimped out, pa, looking suits where you're going to look, you're going to look good for a day. And they're in that, and um, how do you say no to that? So, so in your anger right now, can I just ask you this? Do you use your anger to intimidate people around you to get responses that benefit you. In your anger, do you use that to intimidate to get the response that you want? Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. Corniest riddle ever made. Verse 15. It says, on the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us, or we will burn you and your father's household to death. 
These are nice folks. Did you invite us here to rob us? Samson's wife threw herself on him, sobbing, you hate me, you don't really love me. You've given me my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't explained it even to my father and my mother, he replied, so why should I explain it to you? She cried the whole seven days of the feast, so on the seventh day he finally told her because she continued to press him. She, in turn, explained the riddle to her people. I think one of the reasons that we get angry is because we put ourselves in places and positions that we never should have been. One of the things that feeds our anger, if you struggle with anger, if you'll take just an honest look at your life really fast, most likely the times that you're angry are times when you're not where you're supposed to be. One of the things that, that fuels our anger is putting ourselves in situations, is putting ourselves in environments that we don't belong. Samson is great recipe for that. I, I don't know if you can smell what he's cooking right here, but Samson has already set up a marriage that's definitely going to last at least three or four more days. He's building himself a marriage that, that, that's, that's built around, there's, there's really no foundation for this thing at all to, to have success. His wife now is put in this weird, weird predicament, and I don't know if you saw this, but these people are coming to her saying, hey, if you don't give us the answer to this riddle, we're going to burn you and your father and your houses. He's in a spot that he shouldn't, he shouldn't be. Verse 18 says, but before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? Samson said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. So much to do with that. Um, I don't know if y'all watch Duck Dynasty, but I cannot get sigh out of my head with that whole heifer line. Just, if you don't watch that, you should. It'll bless your life. Um, the riddle was out of the eater something to eat, out of the strong something sweet. The answer was what is stronger than honey and what is or what is sweeter than honey, what is stronger than a lion. Uh, a few days ago, Samson had, had attacked this lion, and I said that right, he attacked a lion, killed it, ripped the thing apart, and these bees had gone into the carcass of the lion and started to make honey, and that's where this riddle kind of was birthed in Samson's mind. Um, so what, what is sweeter than honey, what's stronger than a lion? Verse 19 says that the spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of their belongings, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he went up to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to the friend who had attended him at his wedding. I don't know what this does for you. Um, anger usually does a lot of things. It causes you to get in situations and environments that you shouldn't be. A lot of times, anger will lead into altercations, um, and, and just this is free. If you ever get in a fight, and you go into that fight dressed, and you leave that fight without clothes, you lost. Um, <laughs> And that's just a good rule of thumb. It doesn't matter how many punches you landed, how many kicks were in there. If you walk in with clothes and walk out without clothes, you lost. <laughs> Samson walked into these 30 guys, beat them down, stole their clothes, went back to pay his debt, and was ticked off. He was mad. He wasn't mad because the Philistine people were worshiping a different God. He wasn't mad that they had rituals that went against everything he believed as a believer of God. He wasn't mad that people were doing things that went against God. He was mad because he felt that he was wronged. How familiar does that sound? In our anger, are we concerned about being right or being righteous? Samson um, didn't deal with this well. 
What about someone who does? Because I, I don't think that it's bad that we're angry. I, I don't think that it's wrong that we get mad. In, in fact, in Ephesians, um, Paul says this. He says that it's okay to be angry, just don't sin in your anger. I think that there are things that come up in our life that we should get really, really mad about. I, I think that there are things going on. Um, an example of this would be if you drive out on a Sunday afternoon, there's a church like every 30 feet. Why are there still hungry people in the state of, of Arizona? There's churches on every corner in every school meeting, gathering, just like we're doing right now. Why are there people still hungry around us? Why are there people sleeping under bridges? Why are there people that don't have medical care? Why are there families that are hurting and have no one consoling them? Why are things going on that people aren't doing anything about? Why is that happening if we have all of this going on around us? That should anger us. Getting mad isn't the problem. It's sinning in our anger that we struggle with. So looking at Samson is easy, and we've done that for a while now. Let, let's go to somebody else and see how they handle it. Man, go to the right just a little bit to John chapter 2. And, and remember, righteousness is going to point to what is right, not how you're wronged. Keep that in mind, because one of the things that we do, and if you remember that little leany guy, um, when we lean on our own capacity, that usually is us leaning on the fact that we need to be right. And when we lean on God, that usually is us leaning on the side of righteousness. And, and if we're going to deal with this today and we're going to deal with anger today, we're going to have to deal with the fact that maybe leaning on the side of God is uncomfortable sometimes because we don't understand. And we may feel personally that we've been wronged because of something that's going on in and around us and we don't understand and I get that leaning on God in those moments is going to be difficult. And maybe that's where you are right now in this moment. You are ticked off, not at a person, not at a situation. You're mad at God because God has allowed this to happen in your life. Can I just say that you need to continue to lean on God? As difficult and as uncomfortable that is, you need to lean on that because his promise is true. That he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to abandon you in that. How, how do we deal with anger in a way that's righteous? Look in John 2, verse 10. I'm sorry, verse 12. It says, After this he went to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts he found men selling cattle, sheep, and dove, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all of them from the temple area both sheep and cattle, he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? So again, get this picture in your head. Jesus goes to church and there's people in the church prostituting the church to make a fortune, using the church to make income, using the church to further themselves and not to further God. And Jesus gets upset. Think, think for a second about Jesus' life. Out of all the things that happened in his world, from the time he was born, going from the creator of the universe in heaven where everything is awesome, to being poor. And being thrown into an environment where his brothers rejected him. Being thrown into an environment where people made fun of him and ridiculed him almost his entire adult life. Being thrown into an environment where people spit on him where people physically abused him, being thrown into an environment where he was, he was giving his life and people still made fun of him for it. 
out of all of those things, the area that he should be mad, it seems like should be any of those. And instead, the time that we see Jesus really ticked off where he goes in and he wrecks house and he's like UFC 158 where he's like, man, I'm fitting to do something and walks in and just starts destroying things is when he walks into a temple, when he walks into the church that's supposed to be about helping other people and he's mad because the church is about helping themselves. That's what angered him. And so Jesus um, did what Jesus does, man. He cleaned house. And, and I, I'm, I'm showing us this because I, I feel like we need to get angry as a church about some things that are going on around us. This dorm that's sitting out on our patio right now is a great example of that. You got kids sleeping four to a bed stacked four tall in a room that, that people shouldn't sleep in. And what are we doing about that? There are things that we as a church need to get angry about. And anger should lead us to action, but we've got to be careful because it's got to be righteous. Because if not, it goes back to us just wanting to be right. And if we use anger for us to be right, if we use anger to win, um, we're not being righteous. And it's going to lead to destruction. I'm, I'm studying this. Um, and I'm looking through, I see how Samson did it, and I relate to that, because that, honestly, that's how I, when I do get mad, it's usually I do something stupid. Um, there are things that, that eventually kind of wear on me, and I do get upset about, and I usually handle them in a way that's, that's not that godly. So I get Samson's side of it. I know how to do that well. I, I read this about Jesus and how he handled anger and righteousness, and then I, I throw out this church, and I don't know if you guys do this when you read anything that Jesus did, I throw out this excuse of, well, yeah, that was Jesus, though. He's the son of God. <laughs> He's kind of got a little bit of like an insider's, you know, right there. How do we do this then? And, and what do you do if you're at a point where you're mad at God? It changes the whole equation up. How, Samson doesn't help us in that moment. Really reading about how Jesus did it in this moment doesn't maybe help us walk through how to handle being mad. So if that's, if that's where we're at, go a little bit farther to the right, to the book of James. Because the longer I do this, the, the longer I, I walk through this planet, the more things I see that make me mad. And I don't know if that's just because I'm getting older, and maybe that's just what happens when you get old, you get mad. I don't know. I think it's because the things that I'm seeing are finally starting to, I don't know, the, the things that I'm seeing are, are, maybe I'm just, I'm finally getting worn down to the fact that that's not acceptable. And I want to do something about it. Um, the thing that I asked you to think about a second ago, but when we started this, what is the one thing that makes you mad? Um, church was my answer. I'm a pastor, <laughs> and my answer was church. Because I grew up thinking that church was a place for self-righteous, hypocritical jerks who looked at me kind of at the end of their nose and, and scoffed at me and told me I didn't belong unless I changed to be like them. And the problem was I didn't want to be like them. Because God had built me in a way where I grew up and I really hated the piano. I just not because, hated the piano. I just didn't like piano music. Like Liberace did nothing for me. I hated the, whatever that is that makes your voice go, oh, I don't know what that is, but I don't like it. I don't like to listen to that. If that comes on in my radio, I'm gonna change the station. And I walked into churches where that's what the environment was. And I walked into churches where I couldn't be myself. I couldn't be the person that God had built me to be. I felt like I constantly had to mold myself into who I wanted to be. 
or who they wanted me to be. And I grew up, that was my thing that drove me nuts that I hated, that made me mad was church because I thought the church was a place for the healthy and not a place for the sick. And the more I read this book, the more I realized that the church was meant to be a place for people who are broken that need a God who's better, not people who have it all together. It's one of the reasons I love Cornerstone, why I moved my family 14 hours away from everybody that I know to be a part of this, because that's what I see here. I see a family of people broken looking for a God who's a fixer. What do you do with anger? How do you handle anger in a way that brings righteousness and does it just make you right? Look in James 1. This is, this is the, almost a recipe to help us through this. Because um, if we can tackle, do you understand, if we can tackle anger in our life, how much more of an impact to society we become? If we learn how to deal with anger and if we can do it well, how it's going to reflect to the world around us and how people around us are going to see Jesus in our life. Look in James 1 verse 19. It says, my dear brothers, take note of this. And just throwing this out there, anytime you're reading God's word and it says anything like he who has an ear, let him hear or take note of this, you need to pay attention because something crazy good is about to come next. Anytime you see that, just kind of make a mental note of that, that any, you see that something good's about to happen. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Those are three things we should add into our life. We should become, all of us, should become quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. A problem that some of us have with our anger is it's like that. It's instant. We don't, ha- we don't think it through. We don't know what the situation is. We don't know what the problem is. Someone cuts us off in traffic, and that's it. It's on. Someone takes our parking space. Dude, we're fitting to fight. We walk in here, and some, oh, heaven forbid, somebody's sitting in your seat in this room. It's throwdown. Like, it's, it's bad. What anger should do is this. Um, it should be a light that just kind of signals us that, hey, um, Hold up, dude, you're about to do something really stupid. (laughs) You better take a second, take a breath, sit back, and think for just a minute. It should make us quick to listen, slow to speak, and very slow to become angry. Anger should be a warning light that goes off, that, hey, something's about to happen that you probably aren't going to be proud of, so you might want to take a breath. i got to turn that off. It's going to hypnotize me. Verse 21, I'm sorry, verse 20, it says, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Do you understand that when we handle anger in our manner, if we handle anger for us to be right, that this, this is what this verse is saying, man's anger, our anger, if we handle anger our way, it's not gonna bring about the righteous life that God desires for us. Us handling anger in our manner, us going out and attacking anger so that we can be right is gonna keep us and this is huge, keep us from having the righteous life that God desires for us. And I want you to see this because this is big. It says, for man's anger. I think there are times in our life, again, for us to have God's anger in our life towards some of the things that are going on around us. And we need to have righteous action following those. But righteousness points to what is right, not to how we're wrong. Verse 21 is big because if we're going to do this, this is how it happens. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent 
and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Get rid of all moral filth and the evil desire that is so prevalent. Get rid of all that we talked about this last week. Get rid of all the traps, all the things that we continually fall into, all those sins that control our life, all those things that are just, that we're wrapped up in. Maybe that's us being right all the time. And I don't know if that's you, if you're that type of person that you have to be right all the time. If you are, you're one of the reasons the rest of us are angry. Maybe that's part of what the problem is. Maybe it's not about you being right, but it's about somebody else. It's about righteousness. And so what, what James is saying here is we need to get rid of all of the moral, all the trash, all the sin, all the thing that's in our life. We need to get rid of it. We don't need to put it in storage and come back to it later. We don't need to hide it under the bed. We don't need to put it in the closet. We don't need to just maybe put it in the trunk so it's forgot about. We need to get rid of it. We need to remove it. We need to get it out of our lives And we need to humbly accept the word that's planted in you. We need to humbly accept this, the word that's in us. Which can save you. I believe that this doesn't just save us from our sins. It saves us from ourselves. When we take this and we humble ourselves before this and we say, you know what, I don't understand it, but it's in this, so it's right. It's in this, so I'm going to follow it. I don't get it, but if this is what it says, I'm going to follow it. Humble ourselves before this word. It's planted inside of us. Do you know what happens when things are planted? If they get light, if they get water, and if they get fertilizer, and they, they, get, they get all those things in the right. Do you understand what happens to plants in those situations? They grow and they bloom, and crazy things happen from them. Do you understand what would happen if you put this in your life and you humbly went in and said, you know what, I'm, I don't know why this is going on and honestly, I'm, it irritates me. I'm ticked off that this is a part of my life. I'm mad about whatever this is, but this says that God is never gonna leave me or forsake me. Forsake me. This says, Jesus says in this that, man, I can come to him, anybody who's, who's got a burden, man, and, and I can give you rest. Anybody can come to me and get forgiveness. This says that everything is going to work out to my glory if you will just sit back and be patient. And it requires us to lean off of our own understanding and our own into God. Verse 22 is one of the most powerful, crazy verses in the Bible. It says, do not merely listen to the word. Don't merely listen to this and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I honestly think that our problem, not just with anger, but with everything, our problem isn't a lack of knowledge, it's a lack of obedience. We know what to do, we just choose not to do it. We know what decision we should make. We know the answers here, and we may even know the answers here. We just don't do those answers. It's not a knowledge problem. It's an obedience problem. And can I just say this? Knowledge is going to bring two things in your life. It's either going to bring transformation or it's going to bring hypocrisy. One of the things that made me so angry at the church was hypocrisy. I don't know if that resonates with any of you. Maybe you're ticked off at church because it's a place full of hypocrites. It is. I'm the biggest one in the room. We have all these churches that are full of people with tons of knowledge and no obedience. And as I watched myself get angry at the church, I watched the reason I was angry at the church was because I was exactly like the people I was upset with. 
I knew what I was supposed to do. I just chose not to do it. Knowledge is either going to bring transformation in your life or it's going to bring hypocrisy. There's, there's no other options. Our problem isn't that we don't know what to do. It's just that we don't do it. Go back to where we started this. That one thing just irritates you. Hopefully they didn't get up and move because they realized now that they irritate you. In whatever that situation is, is the problem you want to be right? Like Samson? Or is the problem you want to point towards righteousness, which always points towards what's right and not towards how you're wronged? Can I just say this? If we're going to walk through anger in a way that honors God, if we're going to do this in a way that, that brings glory to God, if we're going to do this in a way that sets us apart from the rest of the world, we have got to get this down because there's too many, there are too many angry Christians out there that make Jesus look like he's not the God of love that he is. Don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. But do it. Apply it. Let this book change you. Humbly accept the words that are in this book, even the ones that you don't understand, that you don't technically agree with. Can I just say this? There's a lot of things that this book says that, that makes me uncomfortable. There's a lot of things in this book that I don't understand. But I know that this book brings truth. And I may not understand it now, but that's not gonna change how I'm leaning. Some of you um, struggle with this because I, I really, I, I just being honest, I think some of us are just mad at God because of some things in our life. Because we've maybe expected things to be different than they were. Um, and things didn't turn out kind of like we were hoping. We did everything we were supposed to do. Things just weren't ending the way that we thought they should. And we're mad. And God's in control, so it's got to be his fault, and it's easy to get mad at God in those moments. And can I, if, if that's you, can I just, I don't know if this helps or not, but can I, can I just say, you may not be able to hear him right now. You may not be able to even accept the fact that he's around you right now, but that shouldn't change how you're leaning. We've got to continue to lean on who he is and on this as being truth because I don't know if you've noticed this in your life, but the older I get, the more I see this. This rings true in every situation. My life doesn't. And we have a choice today to take the knowledge that's in this book, the knowledge that we've learned over these last three weeks of Samson, the knowledge that you've learned since VBS, we have a chance today to take that knowledge and to allow it to change us, to transform us, or we can walk out of here and be the, the hypocrite that the rest of the world already thinks is in the church, and the valley will still be the same when your kids are old and in these seats in our place.
on your cards. Hopefully you've had these the last couple of weeks. If not, they're in the, the seat back pockets. Um, the fourth question in this was, my anger does not serve me when... Um, on mine, I put, my anger doesn't serve me when my desire is to be right and not righteous. What is it with, with you today? <laughs> are, you, are you angry and seeing the light and concerned about being right and people knowing that you're right? Or are you angry about righteousness? Righteousness is always going to point towards what's right. If you're angry at God this morning, um, that this is going to be painful, but will you take just a second and look at your life at maybe whatever it is that you're angry at God for? And is, is it because something happened that you would have done differently? Most likely the answer to that's yes. And you probably would have handled things differently than whatever was, was done. That's where the words of James have never been more powerful. Humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for... Um, God, I... I I thank you for this church, God, for it being a light right now in a, in a city, God, that needs you, God. I thank you for the, the men and women that make up this church, God, for the, the fact that we, we do have people in this room, God, that are, are messed up, and God, that's why I'm here, because I fit in. Um, God, would you help us to be an example to the people around us, not of what it means to be right, but what it means to be righteous. God, would you help us to get angry at some things that are going on in our world, God, that don't need to be going on? Would you help us, God, to have the wisdom to understand how to, to act in righteousness in those situations? But then, God, in this whole, man, this whole thing, Jesus, will you help us to, to really examine what it is that's making us angry? And God, would you give us the wisdom to not fight so that we can be right, but fight so that you can be named? God, so that, that your name can be famous, and God, that we would fight for righteousness. Jesus, whatever it is that, that, that's hitting us right now, God, I, and honestly, with the room this big, I know that people in here, God, are mad at you. Um, Jesus, I just pray that in these next few minutes, God, that, that you would do what you do, and that, that you, God, you would just over, overfill this place with love. God, that you would overpower people today angry with just your presence. God, would you help us to know what it means to not have knowledge but to have transformation. And God, whatever's going on in our world, God, whatever's a part of our life right now, would you help us, man, to, to take the words of James at heart, God, would you help us to put those in our life and let, let them not just be words, God, but let them be planted in us, God, that, that we'll continue to lean on you and that something, man, beautiful would grow out of it in time. And, and God, even though we don't understand it, we don't see it, but you would allow us to lean on you until that day comes. Jesus, thank you for, um, for the promise of a day that we don't have to be angry. God, there's a day coming when this world isn't going to be here and the things that irritate us are done. And God, I thank you for that day. And until that day comes, will you help us to not worry about being right? But God, you would help us to be righteous. Amen.